This is Restoration Bible Church and Ministries. We are a people of excellence living purposefully. And now, here is God's servant, Reverend Tunde Bolanta, as he brings you God's word. We trust that you will be blessed as you listen. Perfect peace. I'd like to build up from there. Let's turn to Isaiah 26, verse number 3 and 4, and John 14, verse 27. Isaiah 26, verse number 3 and 4, John 14, 27. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. John fourteen twenty seven. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Is it possible to have perfect peace in this day and age with all the things going on in our world today? But Isaiah 26 3 says, God will keep you in perfect peace. It is possible to walk in perfect peace. It is a Jesus kind of peace that slept through a storm. It is a Jesus kind of peace that when they came to, to arrest him to be crucified, and Peter chopped off somebody's ear. Jesus still healed in that moment. It is the Jesus kind of peace that even when he went to the cross and knew he was going to bear our sins and descend to hell itself, he still forgave on that cross. He still prayed, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Perfect peace is possible this morning. Is there an amen somewhere? Perfect peace for those who are consumed by Jesus and his word. Perfect peace is for those who are consumed by Jesus and his word. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 Verse 1 says, We are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, if you look at the story we, we saw earlier today in the first service, in Matthew 14, from verse 28 to 33, Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. And Peter said to Jesus, If it is you, bid me to come to you. As long as Peter kept his gaze on the Lord Jesus, as long as Peter was looking to Jesus and walking on the word, there was no storm that could take him down. Child of God, one of the things I want to say to you this morning is that you are a miracle sitting here today. You may not think you are a miracle, but I'm here to tell you you are a miracle sitting in the house today. Why am I calling you a miracle? I'm calling you a miracle because you have already done the impossible. People told you maybe at the beginning of this year, there's no way you can make it. 
How are you going to take your child through the education system? With everything going on in, your, in our world today, how is God going to be peace of mind? How are you going to come through this situation and that situation? And how are you going to survive? But somehow, you kept walking based on the word of the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. Peter didn't walk on water. It's not possible to walk on water. You can go to River Kaduna and try to cross without a boat. You will find out before too long. Or your bathtub. Put a leg in your bathtub, you will go down. You're already walking on water because the word of God has kept you. How many of you can testify today that I know that it's not me that has kept myself up to this point? With everything happening in my world, I know it's not by power, it's not by might that I'm here today. Is there a father? Is there a son? Is there a brother? Is there a sister in the house under the sound of my voice that can testify this morning that it is the mercy of God and the faithfulness of God that has kept me? If you know his mercy has kept you, can you lift up your hand in the house of God and say it's of the mercy of God that I'm not consumed? I've been through hell. I've been through high water. It's of the mercy of God that I'm not consumed. I am here today by the grace of God. If you know you are here today by the grace of God, you are here today by your mercy of God. It's not your cleverness. It's not because you are better than other people, but because you took a simple scripture and you said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil and my cup is running over. If you believe that, lift your hand and give him a praise. 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 Give him a praise in the house of the Lord this morning. Please sit down for a bit. Sit down for a bit. You are a miracle sitting here. You are told it's not possible. You took the same road everybody took. And you took the same road with the word of God in your mouth. It was not because you were lucky. It was because the word of God was in your mouth. And you went through that road. You came back through that same road. Things happened on that road. You are not better than the other victims. But because of the word of the Lord that you are standing on. And I want to say heaven and earth will pass away. The word of the Lord concerning your family. Concerning your destiny. is not going to pass away. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. So you are a miracle here. The devil planned to kill you. But God said no. Mercy said no. I said mercy said no. Some people have not been through one-tenth of what you went through. They are in a mental asylum. Things are not working for them. The devil threw you up and down. But you are standing today by the grace of God. You didn't think you would make it. But the grace of God kept you. Peter kept walking on the word. Jesus said come. It's just a four-letter word. C-O-M-E. And he kept walking. When Jesus speaks, you can walk on water. When Jesus skips, you can keep walking. Just keep looking at him. He's going to bring you to your destination. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to Jesus. Some of us don't know how to praise him. Oh. Because look, people better than you, they are under the ground. 
This same season we've been through, people better than you, they've forgotten about them. But somehow you took one little scripture. You took one little scripture. For your mind to be stayed on him is to lean on him. The word of God can become a drug to you. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ears unto my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and medicine to all their flesh. When, you, when your mind is stayed on something, that means you find your rest there. You know, some of you, your rest is in home movies. You know every home movie there is. No, that will not give you rest. You need to pick the word of God. You know, when your mind is stayed on something, let's take it. You know, house rent can be a problem. When your mind is in paying that house rent, even when you are eating your best food, house rent, you, somehow you didn't invite house rent, it will just enter your head. Am I telling the truth? Yes, sir. Or maybe school fees, and it is worrying your mind. Even when you are bathing, you are pouring water, school fees will just appear. You say, ah, this is the enter bathroom. <laughs> it will enter kitchen even. Even when you sit in your car, you, are, you, are, you start your engine. The thing we just say, eh. that's what it means for your mind to be stayed on the word of God. That means the word of God becomes your drug. When you hear negative stories, this is happening here, that's happening there. Then you begin to talk to God. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. From a New Testament standpoint, that was the psalmist speaking in verse 1 and 2. But from verse 3 to 13, that was Jesus, the high priest. He said, surely... He, my father, shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand they fall by thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it will not come near thee. Only with an eye shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil. Babu, 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 samsam, babu, 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 samsam, quareb, babu, samsam, no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near thee. For he shall give his angels. Jesus is still assuring you. He, oh. Jesus is still assuring you. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion, the dragon, shall thou trample under feet. Then God the Father speaks now. He said, because you have set your love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Hallelujah. He said he will deliver you from trouble because he knows my name. He said he will honor you. He said with long life, it will satisfy you. You, you. you spoke in two verses. Jesus spoke in ten verses. Then the father concluded. I want to assure you, there's blood on the mercy seat where you are concerned. It may be happening everywhere, but the word of God will preserve you. It will preserve your children. It will preserve you going out. It will preserve you coming out. I say it is well with you. It's well with your family. If you believe, they give him a shout of hallelujah. A shout of hallelujah. A shout of hallelujah! Glory to God. 
We sit for a bit. So, perfect is peace is possible when our minds are stayed on the word. You know some people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol, once they, once they are feeling bad, they will just do like this. Eh? They will just do like this. They will take a shot or two. Then they will feel a little bit. Their mind is stayed on the thing. You two can be having Holy Ghost word. Take the word of God. By the time you confess Psalm 91, top to bottom, from bottom to top, start feeling something. Hallelujah to Jesus. Perfect peace. Sometimes the reason we don't have perfect peace is that we are still fighting with our past. We are fighting with our failures. Eh? Oh, we are trying to be self-righteous. Eh? Maybe if I didn't make this mistake, maybe if I didn't make the other mistake, maybe if I didn't do this one, maybe if that one didn't happen to me, maybe if the father did not die on time, maybe if the mother did not do this, if the uncle had sent you to school, if your wife had been better, if your husband had been better, if more money had come in, if the landlord has not increased the rent, you are angry with everybody. Angry with everybody. Now, Go to Isaiah chapter 26, verses 12 to 14, and Isaiah 30, verse 26. A couple of scriptures here. Your history must be told in the light of your redemption. Say with me, my history must be told in the light of my redemption. Several scriptures I would like to share with you on this point, but let's read them one by one so you can see it with your own eyes. Isaiah 26, 12 to 14. O Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. O Lord our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us, but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead. They shall not live. They are diseased. They shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. In um, Isaiah 30, 26, it said, Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days. In the, law, the day that the Lord binded up the breach of his people and he led the stroke of their wound. Hmm. Zechariah 13, 6. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thy hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Quite a few scriptures there. But, Let's, let's try and break it down. You see, everybody has a past. Everybody has some wounds in their lives. But you see, you cannot live life victoriously going about wounded. If there was somebody who had a wound, it was Joseph. Imagine your own brothers who are, who are relatives of the kidnappers. That's in the Bible. 
They kidnapped the guy and collected ransom and still sold him. He said they had put him in the well. They told his father he had died mysteriously. A wild animal had killed him. He saw, they didn't do it as but he saw them. They negotiated and sold the boy. I'm sure he cried. I said, brother, 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 don't do it. Brother, 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 don't do it. They sold him. Do you know what that would do to your psyche? As a small boy, the, the brothers he trusted, the people they ate together in the same house, they arranged and sold him. His father mourned him while he was still alive. Is that not enough to make somebody angry? Is it not enough to make somebody bitter? Does he not have a logical reason to be angry with life? And yet, when the brothers came after many years, what did he say? He said, what you meant for evil. Hallelujah. God has meant it for good. He was already healed of the wound. When you are healed of the wound, you can look at the same people and not feel bad. When you are healed of the wound, you can look at that situation and say, well, you know, you meant it for evil, but God has turned it for my good. That's why Isaiah 26, 12 to 14 says, oh God, that will ordain peace for us. Other God beside thee have we served. It goes on to say, it said they are dead. It said only by you shall we make mention of them. It said, but they are dead. They have perished. And you have caused their memories to be forgotten. There are some things in your life that you need to forget. That's why Paul wrote, forgetting the things that are behind, I press forward to the things that are before me. Romans 7, 24, where Paul was writing, when he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this sin? The Romans had a culture. If you were a murderer, you kill somebody. They just don't kill you. They take the corpse and they tie your hand to the hand of the corpse, your, your feet to the feet of the corpse. They bind you together so that, that you are carrying that corpse as you are walking around. So when Paul was writing Romans 7.24, that was the imagery in his mind. The way the Romans dealt with the murderers was to make the murderer who is alive to carry the, the victim he has killed. Some of us are carrying corpses walking around. The corpses of your mother-in-law, the corpses of your father, the corpses of your uncle, the corpses of people that mistreated you, the corpses of where life has not treated you well, and you are walking around. What happens to a man who is carrying the corpse of yesterday? The infection from that corpse will eventually kill you. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, bury your past before your past buries you. Oh, why did my husband die early? Bury it. Why did that man walk out of my life? Bury it. Why did they sack me? Bury it. Why did I lose a loved one? Bury it. Where's my employer misbehaving? Bury it. Because if you don't bury it, we bury you. Spiritual necrophilia is the act of romancing the dead. When somebody dies, you refuse to bury him. The smell will drive you out or it will kill you. So your, your, your history has to be in the light of your redemption. When you look at the life of people in the Bible, look at the life of people in the Bible. There's a woman by the name of Tamar. If you go and study your Bible very well, she's part of the ancestor of Jesus Christ. I was still looking at her story this morning and I shook my head. I said, oh, the grace of God. Oh, the grace of God. Long story short, Tamar's husband died if I got killed him because he was evil, and the brother will not raise a child by him, and um, the father, Judah, prom the father-in-law Judah promised that when the other young one grows up, he will give her. He didn't do it. So the girl went and dressed like a prostitute, and the father-in-law impregnated her. 
When they had, he said, let them go and stone her to death. He said, the man who has this staff and this signet is the one that impregnated me. The father-in-law said, you are more righteous than me. I was so surprised that God should have edited that part. But when we were writing the genealogy of Jesus, Pharez is there. God said, there was one girl that played Halo 3. Put her name there. I want to tell you, God can turn your mess into a miracle. Isaiah 30, 26, the light of the, of the moon can be like the light of the sun. And the light of the sun can be like the light of the, of the sun for seven days. That means God can take your obscurity, your, your, your mistake, your, 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 all the mess you've made, and God can turn it into a miracle. He's a miracle-working God. Or maybe you had a child out of wedlock when you were a young girl, and you told the child, call me sister. You are foolish. Because you can't change that thing. There's a wound there, but let God heal that wound. You may not be able to remove the scar of yesterday. The scar, the scar is a testimony of the mercy of God. Jesus had a wound. You could see the scar. He was wounded, wasn't he? But that wound was no more paining him. But there was a scar there. If you see, see Jesus today, you see the hole in his hand. That hole is a testimony of his love. Don't let your yesterday begin to make you to blush in shame. God can take the mess of yesterday and make something beautiful out of it. Do I have an amen somewhere in the house of God? I thought, God, don't you have edit and paste? Can't you remove this thing? Yeah? Then I look at the Bible again. I saw another, another lady by the name of Rahab. Rahab was a sex worker, commercial prostitute, Ashawo. What's that called? Ashawo. God put her name inside the genealogy of Christ. Too. If you look at uh, Matthew 1.5, you'll find it. Rahab married Salmon that produced Boaz. And then Boaz married who? Boaz married Ruth. Um, yeah, Ruth, whose ancestry is also deep in incest. If you go back in her life, the Moabites, they slept with their father. Can't God remove it? Why God leave him? So that you know there's hope for everybody. Come on. You guys are not talking to me. If you believe there's hope for you, can you wave your hand? God did not stop there. There was another woman by the name of Bathsheba. The woman that we bath where the king can see her. <laughs> People were blaming David. She too knows that that is where the man used to relax. You are bathing where the king can see you. You are a troublemaker. Say, David, David committed adultery. I said, the woman that was bathing in the direction of the palace, she's not innocent. Wicked. David was watching porn. That's what David was. He was watching porn. And if you watch porn, you will do it one day. Oh. I know there's no amen on that one. It was free porn the man was watching. But I thought, with everything that happened, I thought, God, we edited that woman from the story. God did not edit her. A sense of Jesus. You can see the characters that God puts there. What am I saying to you? Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.18, he said, I know no man after the flesh. Let your history be in the light of your redemption. God can take the worst history and make the best miracle out of it. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? He can take the worst history and make the best miracle out of it. Most of the time, we, 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 you know, we are still carrying wounds around. We are carrying dead people around. And those dead people are trying to suffocate your life. You need to forgive somebody this morning. Forgive something in your life. Listen to me. Until you get to heaven, there are many things you will not understand. My principal in secondary school used to say, some people were born crying. They live complaining and they die disappointed. That's not your portion in Jesus' name. You have cried enough. Are you hearing me? You have cried enough. Take that wound to Jesus this morning and say, Jesus, I want your peace. I've been wounded in this area of my life. Give me grace like Joseph to be able to say, you meant it for evil, but God has meant it for good. I want to testify to somebody this morning that God is about to change your story. I want to testify to somebody this morning that God is about to turn it around for you. Don't let that past intimidate you. Don't let the failure of yesterday intimidate you. Is there someone in the house today? You want to lift your hands before God and say, Father God, there have been mistakes. There are wounds in my life. But I'm standing here today by your grace. I'm standing here today and say, heal my wounds. Help me to forgive so I can go forward. Let this cast be a testimony that I went through something, but the thing did not destroy me. If you believe that, wave that hand and give him praise and glory in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Put those hands together. I appreciate God. Glory to God. Let's add one or two more thoughts this morning. Glory to God. I put you in front, in front of my melody. You were all that matters. You were all that matters. I'll make room for you. I'll make room. alone, Jesus, you are all that matters, you are all that matters. Well, there's a lot to share with you, it's a lot on the plate, thank you Lord for helping us, glory to God, your history must be in the light of your redemption. Also, you know, close to that same thought, perfect peace is possible because there's blood on the mercy seat for you. Perfect peace is what? Possible because there's blood on the mercy seat for you. Hallelujah. There's a lot we can say there. Exodus, you can write it down, 25, 21, and 22. Exodus 25, 21, and 22. Let me read verse 22. And there I will meet with thee, and there I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. From before, between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children 
of Israel. I will come in with you from above the mercy seat. I said, perfectness is possible because there's blood on the mercy seat for you. You know, the, 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 the only furniture in the Holy of Holies was that ark, that box. Inside of the box, there were three items inside the box. The Ten Commandments, which was a testimony of the failure of the children of Israel. They had manna, which was when they were complaining, doing all we are saying. Imagine students protesting against God. It reminds me when we were in secondary school. Hmm? I went to Baptist High School, Joss, in those days. And all of us were Baptist children. Some of my people decided to riot. Oh. Can you imagine? In the 70s, you are doing riots. You want to die. I think it was over beans. Something funny like that. Over beans. Thank God for these day-star children. At least they did, they've never rioted. You are, clap for yourself. Help me clap for day-star children. Help me clap for day-star children. No? I am confessing our sin. No? I didn't riot. So I said we tried to. <laughs> so what happened? Let me tell you this story. And then I continue. So, I, don't, I think it was beans. I don't, something like that. It's a long time ago. It was in the 70s. You know? So, there's one boy in our class. They call him Carago. <laughs> he was the leader. Me that I know where I came from. Me and some other Baptist boys from Canada, we were at the back. Oh. We were at the back. We, we just followed them. We still fall back. Still like this, fall back. When our principal came out, this was a small school, just like this time. They knew everybody's name. He would say, John, he would call your father's name. As they are calling our name like this, everybody said they're going back. <laughs> that was the end of the riot. <laughs> okay. But the Ten Commandments they could not keep was there. The riot for food, for manna, was there. When they rebelled against Aaron, say, who God anoints? Aaron's rod budded, Abidjan, was there. But God said, I will not deal with you based on your mistakes and your faults. Even in the Old Testament, there was a lid that covered that ark. The cover of it is called the mercy seat. And there were two cherubims that were carved like this. That's where the blood was put once a year. God has always wanted to deal with you in mercy. But we deal with ourselves in judgment. We must remember the mistake we made in 1949. Kill it! God said, I know you messed up big time, but I want to deal with you based on the blood on the mercy seat. The, the, the voice of Abel's blood was crying to God. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 that the blood of Jesus is speaking from there. Number one, no condemnation. Romans 8, 1 and 2. When blood has been received on that mercy seat, God has died your death, no condemnation. Number two, Hebrews eleven twenty eight. By faith, Moses kept the Passover and the 
sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. I want to say to you, there's blood in heaven calling your name. The highest sacrifice on the highest altar, by the highest being, with the highest name has been made for you. God has died your death. There's no lower court. When the Supreme Court discharges and acquits you, no lower court can condemn you. Is somebody hearing what I'm trying to say to you this morning? God of heaven, that was why when Jesus died, no altar on the earth could take his blood. You know when you make sacrifice, you must find an altar that will take that blood. Maybe it's in your local government area. Maybe they will tell you it's in the sea. Wherever that altar is, you give that blood to that altar. Then that spirit will look after you. But when Jesus died, because he is God himself, no altar on the earth could take his blood. No altar in the atmospheric heaven could take his blood. No altar in the stellar heavens could take his blood. The only altar is the altar of God in heaven where there's a mercy seat. And when that altar discharges you, I want to say the altar of kidnapping will not find you. The altar of destruction will not find you. The altar of famine will not find you. The altar of premature death will not find you. I want to declare to a child of God today that the highest sacrifice has been made for you on the highest altar. And there's blood on that altar and perfect peace is your portion. It is the portion of your children. It's your portion going out. It's your portion coming in. It's your portion in the daytime. It's your portion in the night time. There's blood on the mercy seat calling your name. I declare to everybody, under the sound of my voice, because of the blood on the mercy seat, you will not be destroyed. You will end this year in victory. You will enter next year with celebration. Is there a believer in the house? If you believe it, give him a shout! Hallelujah. Do we have time for one more thought and then I quit? Let's throw in one more thing. Glory to God. Perfect peace comes when you cast all your cares on him. Go to 1 Peter and you can write down Acts chapter 12, verse 6 to 11. I'm not going to read it. But go to 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Amplified Classic. Casting the whole of your care all your anxieties. Casting the whole of your care. Can we put it up in the amplified, please? Casting the whole of your care. All your anxieties. Everybody say, all your anxieties. All your worries. All your concerns. Once and for all. On him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. If somebody wants to give you a shirt, you look at the one he's wearing. That's what our people say. The Peter that wrote this, let's check him out. You can find this story in Acts 12. We will not turn to it. The same Peter wrote Acts 12. The same Peter wrote First Peter 5. But we know that this was the same Peter that when they were, let's, let's even back his story a bit. Jesus, the son of God, told Peter, he said, Peter, you are going to deny me. Peter said, ah, uh -uh. everybody can deny you, not me. My name is The Rock. I can't deny you. What are you talking about? Jesus, come off it. Don't you know how strong I am? He said, before the cock crows. And Peter did. Then, Jesus said, when you are Converted, strengthen your brethren. Peter had a wound in his life as well. 
He cried. What was happening to Peter may be happening to you. The devil wanted to make sure that those 3,000 people that would be saved on the day of Pentecost, Peter did not preach to them. So he made him to fall. You know, sometimes you fall. Sit down and say, ah, you fall. You smoke one cigar, you smoke one pack. You have drank one cup of uh, gulda, you drink six. So that he can accuse you more. But Peter said, I knew I fell. Jesus rose from the dead. He said, tell Peter I've risen. I came and met Peter. That's how he runs after his own. Don't let the devil tell you God has not abandoned you. But let's stay with this story. So here is Peter. Here is Peter. They came to arrest Jesus. Peter, I think he was going for the man's head. But as a fisherman, he didn't know how to use the sword. That's why he chopped the air. But thank God for Jesus. He quickly healed him. Otherwise, he would have killed him. The same Peter in, in Acts 12, he was chained between two soldiers. He slept with snoring. The Bible didn't say snoring. Let me add that one. <laughs> he slept so the angel had to say, Peter, Peter, wake up, wake up, wake up. The guy said he thought he was dreaming. They are, they've been killing others, so they say they are killing you t- tomorrow. Will you sleep? If it's with Peter before, he'll be arranging boys that will break that jail. Say, boys, let's get explosive. Let's blow this place up. But the guy slept. Just like Jesus, his master, slept. He was going in his faith. He slept. The angel woke him up. He said, Where are your shoes? I was, ah. You know, children, when they sleep too much, sometimes, when you're talking, they're, ah. in, they are wearing the shoe with sleep. Peter wore that shoe with sleep. Uh, you know what I know? When they now came, I said, now nah, I know that God, he said, he thought it was a dream. When God turns your captivity, it will be like a dream. So the man who told us to cast all our anxieties, all our concerns, all our worries, Ima Iduam, I don't know what it is for you this morning as I try to close this, but I want to tell you this morning you can cast that care on God. Have you realized that nothing has changed with the worry? It is you that has changed. In fact, you are more stressed. You have more headache. Your eyes, your brain, everything. You are punishing yourself. Worry will not add one cubit to your height. It will not add the moment to your life. That's what Jesus said. And when you are worried, it's motivated by fear. Fear opens the door to oppression. Isaiah 54, 14 says, you'll be far from oppression because you will not fear and from terror because it will not come near you. They are sacking people in your working place. They didn't mention your name. You're already planning what you will do when they sack you. Uh, that guy left his wife. Your husband did not say he's leaving you, but you're already planning the car you will take and the house you will take. But nothing has happened. That's what Job did in Job 3, 25 or 26. He said, what I dreaded came upon me. Focus on the word. Focus on Jesus this morning. Let's stand everywhere. Let's stand to our feet everywhere. Thank you for listening to today's message. Do join us same time next week. Follow us on our social media handles, Facebook and Instagram, 
at Restoration Ministries International, Twitter and Mixilar at RBCM Online, and our website is www.rbcmonline.org. You can also be part of our live power park services every Wednesday by 5.30 p.m. and on Sunday by 7 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. respectively at Restoration International Conference Center, RICC, Romanew Extension, Kaduna South. God bless you.